Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 21, submitting yourselves to one to another in the fear of God, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle in any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So it men that love their wives as their own bodies, he that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. We are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So we're talking about the spirit-filled life, and relationships within the spirit-filled life. So you might title this Spirit-Filled Marriage. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity we have to open thy precious word. And Lord, I pray as we look into the scriptures today, again, you encourage us and challenge us. And Father, help us to be sensitive and submissive to the Spirit of God as he teaches and instructs us according to his precious word. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, many times, young people, young people like I was one day, you get to a certain age and you, you get this attitude where I'm not submitting to anybody. I don't like people telling me what to do. You know, some people get that attitude, then they join the military. Which, yeah, that's, that's hilarious because in the military, it's all about submission. But you know, really, if you really analyze life, life is all about submission. It doesn't matter what you do or where you are, you have to submit somebody. Um, you know, the idea of submission doesn't have anything to do with someone being smarter or better or more talented has nothing to do with that sort. It simply has to do with God's appointed order. That's all it is. Uh, Warren Wearsby said, quote, anyone who has served in the armed forces knows that rank has to do with order and authority, not with value or ability, unquote. We also see from this how important it is to be under rank. In the military, they have a name for when you no longer want to be under rank. They call it mutiny. You know what they used to do with those who would mutiny. <laughs> uh, just as an army would be in confusion if there were no levels of authority, so society will be in chaos without submission. The word submit, of course, we're talking here about the spirit-filled life. You know, 
verse 18 says, would be filled with the Spirit. That's a command by God. God wants us, desires of us to be filled with the Spirit. That simply means that we need to be controlled by or led by and, and, and allow God to have His way and will in our life in every area. Uh, and, and, of course, he talks about you know, our worship in verses 19 and 20 and 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Um, and I talked about that last week. You know, everyone is under submission. Children are under submission. Wives are under submission. Husbands are under submission. We're under submission to Christ. Employees, well, you say, well, unless you're self-employed. <laughs> That's funny. Try being self-employed. You're going to find out something. You have to serve people. Well, you're not going to be self-employed. And so, really, in reality, you're subject to other people. In fact, I think I mentioned this, that uh, uh, someone said that, that the Jews' philosophy was in life, if you were wealthy, it's because you served well. You serve people. So, so there's no, no, you can't get away from being under submission. Uh, and again, authority, just because a, a, a person may have authority does not mean, let me rephrase that. Uh, as, as we think about submission of a wife to a husband, it is not absolute authority. Now, the Bible does say here that, that in verse 20, 24, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Uh, but Colossians says that, that uh, as it is fit in the Lord. But as we think about authority of human beings, we have to understand that, that all authority of created beings is delegated authority. In other words, it's authority that's been given to us by God. It is not absolute authority. The only person that has absolute authority is God. Your authority, I think I've mentioned this before, is they call it hierarchical. That is God, Christ, man, woman, child, so on. Uh, you know, think about it this way. The priests, the high priests, had tremendous authority in Israel. They anointed the kings. But as we learned, was it Thursday night? King Solomon removed the high priest. Under God's direction. Yet it was the priests who annoyed the kings. But on the other hand, we really, technically, Samuel, who was the priest, removed Saul from being a king. The only problem is Saul didn't submit to it. And that caused problems in the nation. And when there's somebody doesn't submit to a God-given authority, there's problems. Um, so, you know, again, as we think about this authority, it is delegated authority. And, and so God is our supreme authority. A person asked me one time, who has more authority, God or the husband? 
and it was a it was a wife because her husband said he thought he had more authority than God over her. I wanted to say it's a wonder the Lord didn't kill him. That's about the most arrogant statement I've ever heard in my life. But anyway, be that as it may. Uh, no, he has delegated authority, but that doesn't mean he has unlimited authority. Uh, so, but as we think about submission, uh, submission, the word submit means to subject oneself, to obey, to submit to one's control, to yield to one's admonition or advice. So, it does say here that the wives are submit yourselves under your own husbands, notice, your own husbands, as under the Lord. So this submission then is as under the Lord. So the implication here is if I don't submit to those in authority over me that God has placed, then I'm not submitting to the Lord. I'm not submitting to the Lord. If you think about that word submit, uh, again, it means to subject oneself, to submit to one's control. And, and, And this is the key... The key uh, of of a uh, woman's a wife's uh, pleasing the Lord, uh, and she's to be in subjection to her own 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 husband. Again, it means it is a voluntary or willful choice. It's not forced. I, I've said this, I think, before that. Submission is more of an attitude than anything. For example, you have examples of, of uh, um, I think I have in this, this article here, of, of women who did not obey their husbands in the Bible. For example, go to 1 Samuel chapter 25. 1 Samuel chapter 25. First Samuel twenty five. Verse fourteen. Uh, let's go back to verse two so we can get the context here. So there was a man in Maon whose possessions were in Carmel, and the man was very great, and he had three thousand sheep and a thousand goats, and he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Well, the man's the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail. She was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance, but the man was curlish and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb. And David heard the wilderness that Nabal did shear his sheep. David sent out ten young men and said unto the young men, Get you up to Carmel, and go to Nabal, and greet him in my name. And thus shall you say to him that liveth in prosperity, Peace be both to thee, and peace be to thine house, and peace be unto all that thou hast. Now I have heard that thou hast shears. Now thy shepherds were with us. We heard them not, neither was there any there aught missing unto them all the while they were in Carmel. 
Ask thy young man, and they will show thee. Wherefore, let the young man find favor in thine eyes, for we come in a good day. Give, I pray thee, whatsoever cometh to thine hand unto thy servants and to thy son David. When David's young men came, they spake to Nabal according to all those words in the name of David and ceased. Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David, and who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed my shears and give it unto men whom I know not whence they be? So David's young men turned their way and went again and came and told him all those sayings. David said unto his men, Gird you every man his sword, and they girded on every man his sword, and David also girded on his sword. And there went up after David about four hundred men, and two hundred abode by the stuff. But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master, and he railed on them. But the men were very good unto us, and we were not hurt. Neither missed we anything as long as we were conversant with them when we were with the we were in the fields. They were a wall unto us, both by night and day, all the while we were with them, keeping the sheep. Now therefore know and consider what wilt thou do. For evil is determined against our master and against all his household, for he is such a son of Belial that man cannot speak unto him. So again, get the picture here. This man had many sheep, and David's men were a wall about this man. In other words, you know, you know, of course, David, being a shepherd, understood what was required to keep sheep. You know, David at one point said a, a lion came and took a lamb, and he grabbed the lion by his beard and slew him, and a bear, and he killed the bear. So there were constant predators and, uh, to sheep, and, it, it would, and if you had a large flock of sheep, it would take quite a... Uh, 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 number of men to protect those sheep and, and the Bible here says that even David's men said they were a wall about us so at no expense to Nabal they had protected Nabal's flock that's a great asset to sheep herd and so David's simply asking for uh, some food for remuneration. Which isn't a strange thing. It's not a strange it's, it's not a it's not a it's not a selfish request that David made. As you can see from the servants of Nabal, what they said about it. This was something that was to be expected. But, of course, Nabal, you know, he, he, was, just, he was just an evil man. He, and he didn't want to give anything. He was selfish. But anyway, so, uh, verse 17, I think is where I was. Now therefore know and consider what, what, what thou wilt do, for evil is determined against our master, against all his household, for he is such a son of Belial that a man cannot speak to him. Then Abigail made haste, took 200 loaves, two bottles of wine, five sheep ready dressed and five measures of parched corn and a hundred clusters of raisins and two hundred cakes of figs and laid them on asses. And she said unto her servants, Go on before me, behold, I come after you. But she told not her husband Nabal. And it was so as she rode on the ass that she came down by the covert of the hill. Behold, David and his men came down against her and she met them. And 
Now David had said, Surely in vain have I kept all that this fellow hath in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that pertaineth unto him, and he hath required me evil for good. So and more also do God unto the enemies of David, if I leave all that pertain to him by the morning light, any that pisseth against the wall. So when Abigail saw David, she hasted and lighted off the ass, and fell down before David on her face, and bowed herself to the ground, and fell at his feet, and said, Upon me, my lord, upon me let this iniquity be, and let thine handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine audience, and hear the words of thine handmaid. Let not my lord, I pray thee, regard this man Belial, even Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But I, thine handmaid, so not the young man of my lord, whom thou didst send. And to make a long story short, uh, Abigail disobeyed her husband. And in so doing, saved his life. And hers, and his household. She disobeyed her husband to obey God. And of course, you you notice the description of her husband, a man cannot speak to him. And of course, God killed her husband. Uh, but you see here, she is not, she's not, and, and, and she wasn't belligerent or defiant uh, to Nabal in any way, even after when she came, returned back. But, but she did disobey her husband. Uh, again, we see an example of this in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, where the Bible says that Peter and John said they ought to obey God rather than men. You know, they were disobeying a God-appointed authority because that God-appointed authority had stepped outside of their God-given authority. Uh, so, so this authority is delegated and we are, to, you know, wife is to submit under her husband as under the Lord. And again, it's not, it's not absolute authority. Uh, it is, but it is, they are to be in submission. Now, a caution though, on the same hand. <laughs> Some women might say, well, as long as he follows God, I will follow him. That's a submissive attitude. Go to First Peter chapter three. I'm sorry, Titus chapter two. Titus chapter two. But do they decide? Are they deciding? what the will of the Lord is, or are they letting God decide what the will of the Lord is? You know, it is a dangerous thing. It's a very dangerous thing to disobey any God-given authority because there's a danger there of asserting self-will. Asserting self-will. Uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 3 says, The age of women likewise, to be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. They may teach young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God 
be not blasphemed. You see, the word of God can be blasphemed very easily by not submitting to a God-given authority. Sometimes people use to say, well, as long as he follows God, I'll follow him. But they determine what God's will is instead of letting God determine what's God's will. Or it may be a matter of it's not right or wrong. It's not left or right. Then you're going to follow your husband. So the wife is to submit to the husband for the husband is the head of the wife. And notice uh, the word head uh, means Lord. And this goes along with the second thing you want to notice here, the wife, and we'll get to the husband's, uh, I don't know if today, maybe maybe next week. But, but and that is, she's not only to submit, she is to reverence her husband. If you notice in verse 33, it says, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Now, the Bible says that the husband is the head of the wife, and the wife is to reverence her husband. Now, that's basically the same idea there. The word reverence means to venerate or to treat with deference or reverential obedience. So, okay, so submission is, you're to be under submission and, and, and uh, subject to them. Now, when we think about reverence, and, and it, this kind of connects with, or goes along with what I said just a minute ago about uh, a person would say, well, as long as they follow God, I'll obey. Is that reverence? You know, it could be a thing that's not right or left, right or wrong. And in that case, the husband's to be reverenced or to give deference to. You know, if there's things that to us in the Bible that we look at and we read and we question it, we're to give God the benefit of the doubt. We're reverence him. Because we reverence him. The word reverence, a couple other verses where that word is used. For example, Mark 60, or 60, Mark 6 and verse 20 says, For Herod feared John. Now, it wasn't that Herod was afraid that John was going to take his throne or something. He didn't fear him in that way. He had great respect for John. He didn't like him. He didn't like what he said. He didn't like that John pointed out, you don't have to have that man's wife. He didn't like it. But he had great respect and reverence for John. Because the Bible says he, he knew, knowing that he was a just man and unholy, and observed him, and when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. So he had great respect for John. If he, didn't have, if he wouldn't have had any respect for John, when John opened his mouth and condemned Herod for taking his brother Philip's wife, he, he, he'd cut his head off then. But he had great respect. And so he, he allowed John to say things and do things he wouldn't have allowed anybody else to get away with. Because he had great respect for him. Reverence, that's, that's the meaning of the word there. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, or 10, verse 2, speaking of Cornelius, he says he was a devout man 
and one that feared God with all his house, which gave alms to the people and prayed to God always. So he had great, again, a man who had great respect and gave place to God, did what he knew or thought was right to show his greatest reverence, even though he was a lost man. You know, there are things that he would not do or he would do in life because he had this, this reverence for God. Uh, Colossians 3.22 says, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, again, fearing or showing reverence to God. Uh, and then go to, this is 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, or 3, in verse... 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, For that this manner, in old time, the holy women also who trust in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, there's a submission, even as Severa obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as you do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. So, so again, the word Lord here to, means to give uh, 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 reverence to or uh, treat with deference. So a wife is to submit to her husband as unto the Lord. You know, when you submit to the, your husband, you're really submitting to the Lord. When you show reverence to their husband, you're showing reverence to the Lord. Showing reverence to the Lord. Now, the husband, and of course, again, this is this is the fruit. This 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 is the fruit of a spirit-filled life. You know, what does the natural man? What's the tendencies of the natural man? And and, and we're look, as we can think about that. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but think about that concerning a wife or a husband. What's the natural man do? Well, we know the feminist movement is, I'm not submitting to a man. I'm equal. I'm an equal. And again, this really doesn't have to do with equality. It has to do with God-given order. Order. Not equality. Order. Uh, but the, they don't want to submit uh, to, to anyone or to any any man, but the the husband then, so the wife is to submit. She should show reverence. The husband, in verse twenty five, says, "Husbands love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it." So, the word love is giving. It's giving, and and, and we can see that very clearly here. It gave himself. You know, how did Christ demonstrate his love? He gave himself. He gave himself. The, hus the husband is to be the savior. You know, it says in verse 23, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, the subject, church is subject unto Christ, so that the wives be their own husbands in everything, and then husbands love your wives. The word Savior there means protector or provider. And again, Christ provided for us salvation and he protects us from 
our sin and the penalty of our sin. So it it has the, uh, you know, not just deliverance, but has protector, provider, maintainer. The husband is to maintain the home. Provide maintenance. In other words, keep it going. You know, the wife is to be the homemaker, housekeeper, so to so to speak, and 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 taking care of you know you know she she's she's someone has said this way she she would be like a steward, a household manager, under the direction of her husband. Her husband is considered the overseer. That's what that's what the. Uh, uh, the, the overseer would be the one who rules, and that's what the husband is supposed to do. He's supposed to rule, and the wife is the, like the household manager, like Joseph was the steward of, of, uh, of um, Potiphar's house. She managed it while he was out working. Or he managed it while he was out working. So, so she is to be in submission under the direction of her husband, but the husband is to love his wife as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, So do we submit and reverence and love just because we receive? You know, are we husbands supposed to love our wives when our wives are submissive? Yeah, we are. What about when they're not? Did Christ love the church? Does Christ love us whether we submit to him or not? When we don't show him the, the reverence and, and obey him as we ought and give place to him, does he still love us? Sometimes he may correct us. You know, think about the relationship of Christ and his church. Now, when I'm saying that, I'm referring to while he was on earth. You know, at one point, do you remember what he said to Peter? Get thee behind me, Satan. In other words, he, he sternly rebuked Peter for what he was saying. He corrected him. But he did it because he loved him. He loved him. You know, Peter was wrong. But the Lord still loved him. And this is, this is where sanctifying and cleansing comes in. Uh, sometimes, sometimes we have to correct. Sometimes a wife may have to, to uh, you know, entreat her husband. But she needs to entreat, not command like Christ did to his church. So... So we are to submit. You know, this is, again, this is part of a spirit-filled life. It's not something that comes natural. It is a fruit of the Spirit. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is 
love. Again, the idea of loving there is uh, of giving. It's giving. It's not getting. It's giving. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. You know, some of those qualifications are listed. You know, meekness and... and, uh, uh, goodness, I think I mentioned in First Peter chapter 3, when it talks about a meek and quiet spirit, which is the sight of God, great price. For what? Uh, so, so this is the fruit. Again, this is the fruit of a spirit-filled life. In our marriage relationships, the wife is to submit to her husband. She's to be under his headship, obeying him. Uh, reverencing him. And a husband is to love his wife as Christ also loved the church. He's to love his wife as he loves himself. Now, we old men all like ourselves. And we all love our wives like we do ourselves. But it also means, there's another, another very important aspect of this. Verse 31 says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. You know what I've happen, seen happen many times? I remember one time in particular that a... Uh, young couple, they got married, they moved into a house next to his parents. And his mother, his mother caused great havoc in their marriage. Because he didn't obey this verse. It says, for this cause shall man leave his father and his mother. Yeah, when you get married, you start a new home. Relationships with your parents change. You're no longer under dad and mom's authority. No. You're to submit one to another. Your wife is to submit to her husband, and the husband is to love his wife. They they are the most important person in their life. They are not to get counsel without permission, should I say, from their spouse. Or go talk to their parents about a problem without their spouse knowing. It's going to create, it's going to create division in a home. It happens many times. Many times. There's nothing wrong with getting advice. But when you when you break, if you will, break the marriage bond to get that advice, you're 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 driving a wedge between that relationship with your husband or your wife. Um, you know, wife is to again she's to give place to her husband, submit to him, and the husband is to love his wife. 
And, and, the, and the Lord said, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. You know, when we want advice, where do we go? We go to the word of God. Go to the word of God. Our head. Our head. And the wife needs to go to her husband. And if there's still a problem and they still need advice, then they go to someone else. To dad or mom or maybe something like that. But, you know, to, 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 to divide, you know, to, to do that on your own brings division in the home. It can, can great, great, create great havoc in a home. So, you know, God, God has order. In everything, whether it's church, whether it's a home, whatever it might be, whether it's government, there's order, there's authority, there is submission, there is reverence to be given, and there is, of course, love to be given. And if we are to obey the word of God, wives are to submit and reverence, but husbands are to love are to give of themselves to their wives and their families to provide and protect and to lead and direct their lives. Now, might God help us to be obedient to his will that we might find the kind of relationship that would please and honor the Lord and be directed by him. Let's pray.